Hey, what's up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 1207 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're speaking with Chris Tiley from nevertooldtolift.com. And it sounds like exactly what it is. It is a website for those who are a little bit older to help them learn how to lift weights and lift them safely and be healthier in that way. But what's really interesting and what we talk about here today is that's not necessarily what those people want. That is what they need. And Chris knows this. He helps people who suffer from some sort of injury, who are of this age, and then help them even further with lifting weights. And it really opens up their lives and really helps them out. And he wants to do this online. Again, you can find his website at nevertooldtolift.com. But the issue is, again, that's not necessarily what people of that age are looking for. They're looking to solve a back pain or to get back out in the garden, not necessarily to lift. So how do we go from what they want to what they need? That's what we're talking about today. And Chris also speaks a little bit about an online course and having the ability to do that with maybe not much time outside of his physical practice, his online stuff, as well as being a father and a husband, a lot of stuff going on. So let's talk it through with Chris. Here again, this is Chris from nevertooldtolift.com. Chris, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you and see what I can do to help you. But help us first understand a little bit more about you, Chris. What do you do and how'd you get into it? I'm a physiotherapist based in the UK. So for you guys, that's a physical therapist. Going into it, I have developed a bit of a passion for introducing strength training, so resistant training or lifting weights to older adults. So generally, I kind of market towards people over the age of 60. And that's kind of naturally kind of the the demographic that's been coming in to see me as a physiotherapist. And I've had some great results from that. And and they're the people that I really enjoy working with as well. So off the back of developing that passion, I I created the so started as a blog called Never Too Old to Lift, which again is is me then trying to inspire more people to to try and take take action and and consider strength training because in the past it's it's maybe thought of as a young, younger person's hobby or sport and and people tend to avoid it and stay safe as they get older so I'm sort of trying to change that mindset and, and showing that actually makes you more robust and resilient and gives you the energy and the strength to be able to do the activities that you might want to do in retirement that you've been looking forward to doing so I think initially I set it up as a bit of a a way of attracting the patients that I wanted to see into the clinic so it wasn't really a, a thought of of building it as a side project sort of monetization or anything like that and then COVID happened and I got hit pretty hard in terms of physio side of things I'd only just set up my private practice and I had three months four months of not being able to work at all I wasn't eligible for any of the sort of the furlough pay because I hadn't had the accounts behind me so I, at that point I, I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to at least get a little bit of an income coming in from from there and again if it helps me work with more people I enjoy working with so in that I wrote an ebook which is about 13,000 words 60 pages and that helps guide someone through eight steps to create their first 12-week program that one that's going to work for them around their limitations and helps them adapt and progress it as they need to so you had a blog to start with plus a physical clinic and COVID happened, the clinic obviously was difficult to, to continue to run. Now, has that come back for you or are you still just online uh, mostly right now? No, that's come back. So a lot of my energy this year has been building that back up to a point where 
it's covering the bills and giving me an income. And that's good. So I haven't had the consistency that I would have liked with the blog. And I've had a goal of turning the ebook into a online course, but that just hasn't happened. And I was thinking about it this this week as I've got a little bit down about the fact that it hasn't happened yet. And and then actually I had to think back and I've put a lot of work into effectively starting a business twice from the physical side of things and that's worked out well. And mainly off the back of SBI Pro, I've got a lot of wins from that through more through the challenges that you set in terms of just nudging me out of my comfort zone. Because I realized that although I was writing a blog and writing an ebook, I don't consume ebooks and I don't consume blog posts. I listen to podcasts and I listen to, I watch YouTube and online courses. And I thought, actually, that's what I need to go. But I wasn't quite comfortable kind of in front of the camera and, and speaking. My message is good at writing it down, but, and I was good at doing it one-to-one with patience. So yeah, it's a, I suppose a long way of saying thank you for, for that. Cause I've now done, oh, you're welcome. put about eight, nine guests, podcasts, interviews, mainly through SBI Pro members. So I was on uh, David's. Nice. So you have a podcast now. No, so I was a guest on on them. It, it's a plan for the future. Oh, once. you were a guest on a pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did that feel being a guest on a, another person's show? Was that as nerve-wracking as perhaps you initially made it out to be? How did that feel? I think the first one, one or two, yes. And then <laughs> I realized the more that I did it, the more confident I got with how I was verbalizing the message I was trying to get across to people. And that just became clearer and clearer. And then I've started to be a bit more kind of vocal and, and active on YouTube and then again, I find I'm getting clearer and clearer. And actually, I now feel I'm probably in a better position to do the online course from there. Well, that's great. I mean, that just shows you that you know sometimes the best way to learn is just to kind of put yourself out there and do. And especially, like you said, with what your positioning is, what your message is, I mean, you're kind of forced to figure out how to talk about it in a way that a person would understand. If you're, for example, a guest on the show or you know creating a YouTube video, it's much different to write that down. Um, it's a different part of the brain. It's a different part of just creation. So well done on that. Now, as far as the online course, well, your online business, let's talk about it a little bit, the online portion of it. What is the goal of that for you? I mean, I know you want to create a course. Is it now also to bring new clients in or is that kind of separate and this is now taking its own sort of life online and, and how's it been doing? It's a little bit of both. So I, I still want it to attract the people that I want to work with in the clinic and the clinic is not something I want to to stop or, or replace with the online content. It's something that definitely complements each other. I think what I want and my goal is at the moment is to have the online business side of things earning what my my physical clinic is is bringing in, in income so that it it means I'm working in the clinic because I want to and I love it rather than the pressure of having to pay the bills. And then if I can then have the online business take off a bit further from there. Fantastic. But I've kind of got a goal that I don't want to be working in the clinic much more than 25 hours a week. I've seen too many people that go down the route of just trying to create it busier and busier and busier and they get run down and burnt out. And yeah, I want it to be a set cap it a certain number of people enjoy working with them and it being 80, 90% of the people I want to work with rather than some of the other type of injuries, which I happily refer on to someone who enjoys that a bit more. And then as far as the income and where it's at now versus your physical space, where are you at in that journey? Still early stages. It pretty much covers all the the bills in terms of hosting any ad spend I'm kind of playing around with. But the other thing I've done with ebook. And that's from the ebook sales? Ebook sales. And I've also which has been more successful, actually. I've uploaded it to KDP, so Amazon KDP. Nice. And I've had, a. I think, because I, th- I think it was off your one of your podcasts, I heard 
you saying that actually Amazon being such a big search engine themselves that I'm finding a lot of people organically finding me now through their buy the ebook and then through something you said I've created a link to download another bonus some and then catching the emails from there perfect perfect so the next logical step would be to have them go into you know a more valuable higher paying product and this is where the online course comes in right yes great so what has been stopping you with the online course it's mainly time so as well as having my energy trying to put into the marketing towards my physical business i've also got a a son who will be two in february so he was yeah, seven weeks old when our first lockdown, when COVID started in the UK. So yeah, definitely. And, and my wife is a pediatric intensive care doctor. Oh, wow. And she works full time, which is about 40, 48 hours a week. So I do the majority of the childcare when he's not in nursery or in, in the pickups. If her rotor allows, she'll do something. It gives me a bit more time. But for example, this this last month, and he, he's actually fine now, but he's picking up bugs all the time he's had viruses and colds and ear infections and every time I've kind of allowed myself time to plan and and film the course something else eats it up whether it's a business or my son or so a lot of it has been time but she's actually dropping her hours down next month so I then should be able to create a bit more time from there and like I say I think I'm in a better place in terms of organizing myself and and my, my physical business is currently at a point where I don't need to put the energy in to grow it again. I'm just hoping Omicron, the new variant, isn't going to uh, cause a bit of a dip again, but we'll see. Yeah, let's pray for that for sure. Okay, so you've set yourself up pretty well now for the ability to then create this thing, which is really nice. And the beauty of an online course, as we all know, is that you can create it once and you're done. It's like now it's just marketing of it and you know, you've already put in places things online and your KDP and your book to bring people in. You're not starting from scratch. And that's a really huge advantage. And and the fact that you've been almost forced to talk about your positioning and what it is you do specifically, I mean, that is all leading into making the course even better and just more obvious for people who this is for. The best thing that I would recommend now is to not necessarily just go, okay, find an eight hour block of time one day, your wife's watching your kid or she's off or, you know, a nanny or something and just film it. That could happen. But I think before that, planning so that when you create this thing, it's just going to be efficient and you kind of already know sort of what you're getting into, right? So there could be opportunities to chip away at, for example, you know, we have a course called Heroic Online Courses where we supply a spreadsheet. You don't need that one. You can create your own, but one where you can sort of nail down what the outline is and understand, okay, this video in particular is going to include, you know, my face on camera, and then half of it's going to be a computer screen recording. And then you kind of keep track of all these notes ahead of time so that when it comes time to, with the little time you have to create this thing, it's just like, you know, how a movie production happens. You plan, you know, the movie production, it's like how many years to write the script and then, you know, to get the team ready. And then it's like you shoot for two weeks and you're, and it's done. Um, and then it's off to the editing team after that. So I think you could benefit from planning and, and structure and organizing the course. I mean, how far, if at all, have you already started that process? The outline's all planned. And the first two modules I've started to plan. And I've, I've had a bit of a U-turn since I've practiced a bit more with YouTube. And initially, I was going to do it as a kind of PowerPoint slide. But actually, I'm finding that I'm better if I can just talk and then afterwards I can add images in or any kind of b-roll in if i need to and that was a question from online courses i've done there's less people tend to use b-roll and things like that is that something you've seen or is it tend to be just 
face to camera talking and editing there. The best online courses are filmed in a way that provides the best value, right? And I think that if you could imagine yourself putting something in and then removing it, but it's like literally going to be the same value, then there's really, really no reason to add it in, right? I think B-roll is meant, especially on YouTube, for pattern interrupts and the, the short attention span of free viewers and, and all those kinds of things. Inside a course, I think that maybe in an initial lesson, just to kind of set the tone and get people excited about what they're going to dive into could work. But I've never really included B-roll in any of my courses. It is I would say 70% face to camera and 30% recording the instruction on the computer screen or a top-down view of me putting together some equipment or screen recording another person's video and showing how they did that. And that is the, the lesson and that is the teaching. So that should help because you then don't need to spend money on B-roll or worry about you know fancifying those videos. Um, I think the most important thing is just making those videos efficient. When I initially got into consuming online courses in 2008, the big benefit of an online course was, wow, here's all this information that isn't available anywhere else and I want as much of it as possible. And so the courses were very much positioned as 20 hours of video and 150 videos to consume about this thing so you can get it all. And that was the benefit back then. Now, nobody wants that. Nobody wants all of it. They just want exactly what they need to get the result because the course offers a promise. You're not selling the course, you're selling the result of what the course could offer them. So if you can get them that result faster, that's even better. It's like when you are um, stranded on the side of a road because of a flat tire and you call a person up to fix it, it's not more valuable if they're there for four hours to do it. It's valuable if they're there and they get it done in literally a minute. Keep that in mind when you are structuring your videos and you're considering, you know, how much do I include? And the the quicker you can get a person a result, the better it is going to be. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, what other questions you have about that or, or anything else? So I think one of the big things that I was hoping to get out of this was that in my clinic, I suppose I feel my strength is I, people that come to me aren't coming to see me because they want to, to start strength training. They see me because they're in, in pain. And then once we've kind of got them out of pain, I then talk through it and introduce them and inspire them to start. And it's taking someone who's never considered it and actually making it a habit and a routine that they go on with is something that is really great to see. And that's what I want to emulate. I like that a lot. But because I suppose they don't, I say they're not coming in with that in mind. And, and one of the things I want to start to do is, I, suppose, I find it hard to find my audience in the first place because if I'm trying to kind of emulate where my strength is to a wider audience, they're not necessarily looking for strength training yet. Yeah, resistance training for people over 60, right? <laughs> and anyone who is tends to have done it before and they're looking for the next step. Whereas I want to take the step of inspiring people to, to start. Some common themes is there's people who enjoy gardening. There's people who have grandchildren and they're often big factors once I've explored things a little bit with them about motivations and they, they're often they haven't been able to get in the garden they start to pay people to do it and they feel like they're losing some independence and and actually then they've taken on the strength training and actually they've not needed the help and they've they're back to to doing it and the same with grandchildren is That's amazing where they started to dread time with grandchildren because of how they might feel they're kind of thriving and I was in the the smart tank the competition you had and I talked about Mike who yeah yeah he uh, he got back to a bouncy castle party with his his four year old son and he absolutely loved it and that was as a result of starting strength training and I've kind of tried to get into 
a gardening Facebook group and a, a grandparent group. And one, there's not necessarily people, again, sort of making that link and looking for strength training. So I can't then step in and say, oh, yeah, I can help you with that. And then equally, I'm a 30-year-old, well, 35-year-old, but in my 30s, trying to get into groups that are designed for over 60s. And I feel like there's a couple of groups I've had a frosty response thinking like, why are you even here? Because you're not part of our group. You're obviously here because you want to sell to us. Or again, that might be my, my mindset that's in there. But uh, yeah, if you've got any tips or I, if I'm looking at it from inside the bottle like you, you refer to, is, is any outside the box thinking that you can think of how I can get into communities that I might be able to help start that thought process of, of starting the strength training? So the big thing here is we have to realize that people aren't searching or even wanting the resistance training, which is your product and what you have to offer. That's not what they want. That's what they need. And that's what they would love. But it's not what they want. We have to go into, well, what do they really want? And you touched on some of that. And if you can write articles or speak to or provide value to those who have those wants, then they are now open to hearing what they actually need. And so using that framework or structure, you could potentially navigate yourself into providing value into these groups a little bit more. You could position yourself as, you know, sure, you're 35, you're not in this group, but you you serve this group. You have helped people through pain and people might be going through pain here. And that's all that the conversation should be about initially, because again, that's what they want. If you come in and say, hey, you know what you need? You need strength training. And it just is like, okay, this is just another vacuum salesman coming to the door, right? Versus, hey, what's going on here? Like, where's this pain? It's there. Okay, well, here are some things that I do with my clients to help. And by the way, like every time we finish up, I often recommend strength training because that keeps their strength and allows them to do all those things. Like, do you want to talk about that? Wow, I've never heard about that. Let's, sure, let's talk about it. You know, so it's like a conversation. And, it, you know, if you go into these forums and groups and, and start sort of, again, sharing things that, are different than what they think they need, then it's going to always come across that way. The method I would use would be to, here would be the best case scenario and what I want you to shoot for. How do you get a trusted person in that group? How do you get, maybe it's the admin or the moderator of that group or the leader or the podcast host or the, the YouTuber to talk about you and how you've helped them and how the strength training has, has helped them, right? That is where people go, oh, wow, I didn't know I needed that, but this person I trust who I follow seems to take on to it. Okay, I'm interested now. Who do I go to for this? Oh, well, there's this guy, Chris. He he helps people through pain, but also, you know, he knows that the best way to continue to have longevity is to do a little bit of strength training. And yeah, and then he'll go to at bat for you because you've helped them, right? So there could be ways for you to find a person who has some influence over these people already and, and see how you might be able to provide value for them. That could be just simply you coming onto their podcast. And again, not talking about strength training and how great strength training is, but helping people through their immediate needs. The fact that they have lower back pain and they can't garden anymore. Well, we, here are some exercises that you can do to help yourself through that. Here are the pills that people are going to recommend that I wouldn't recommend because they're dangerous for you. You know, all these little things that people go, oh my gosh, this is really helpful for me right now. I'd love to learn more. Oh, and hey, did you know that strength training? You know, I know it's a thing that most people consider for 20-year-olds coming out of college to get strong, but it's actually something people your age should be doing and it's what my clients do as well. You want to talk more about that. And I think that that's how you, that's how you get into those conversations. You need yeah. to provide value first to the, to the want and mm -hmm. then you can tell them what they need from there. Yeah. Does that 
does that help or you know get you thinking about okay well how might you be able to or who might you be able to reach out to to, to initiate that yeah definitely i think that's probably part of the reason thinking about it now that i'm attracted to podcast is that you learn about people other people you can trust through someone you already trust and there's several people that have been on uh, SBI pro that i've then found and i now listen to their podcasts and it's only because the trust i had in you in the first place in order to, to listen to them so i know one i listened to today was rick Mulready and and there's a jack hopkins as well and a few other people like that and yeah, it's all because they're on the podcast with you first so i think that's if i could do a little bit more of that is actually reaching out to to a podcast that is likely to have people that might then just listen to it and it spark a chord with them so yeah if they have a high high listenership of over 60s because it doesn't necessarily have to be a specifically gardening one or i mean there's a lot of people who have grandchildren so it's not necessarily niche down at that point either but I, all i need is a few people to to take on board and start talking about it. I think that could be a great strategy. And then the other thing would be to create, I don't know if you're creating YouTube videos yet or not, but which of these do you think would perform better? How to gain more strength so that you can be out in the garden more, right? And you can teach them resistance training from there or how to fix your lower back problems so you can garden again should be obvious right and because people on youtube are literally typing those things you can do a quick search you can do a quick autofill to see what people actually need help with you can create a quick video to solve that problem and then you now have their ears open to have and, and permission to go and by the way if you want to make sure that this kind of stuff doesn't happen to you again I, I personally recommend resistance training and yes i know you might be over 60 years old and that sounds weird but this is what i do here's a story about mike right and then you tell that story and and that could be a really great way for people to go, oh, wow, okay, first of all, you helped me with my uh, lower back pain. And now they're open to hearing you talk about these things that you have going on. So I wouldn't even say like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, Chris from nevertooldtolift.com. It's just like, all right, you have some back pain. Let me help you out. Do these things. Here's what I do with my clients. And then boom, you now have the open opportunity to, to share what else they now need. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, Chris. So what do you think your next steps are from, from here? So I think I definitely need to plan the next the modules of the course review that again because when i did get around to that that was a while ago so yeah i need to to go back to make sure the planning stage is done in the little chunks of time that i have and then put aside and and hope they don't get <laughs> eaten into by uh, unexpected illnesses and and things like that but is then put aside the filming well at the same time you know you can bounce back right you've bounced back before you could bounce back again, right? So that should hopefully, like you can get through anything now at this point, you you know that, which should be reassuring, right? Yeah, definitely. Because I had thought about doing the Jeff Walkis, like the seed launch into the live weekly ones that I heard you recommend to someone not too long ago. And I'm so glad I didn't in the end because the week that I think it started was the first week that he was ill and the time I would have done it, he wasn't able to get to nursery, so I had to come out. So I don't think that's going to be an option for me at this stage is doing... A weekly live one that someone can attend because i may not be able to attend myself so uh but i think i like the idea of filming a couple of modules and just starting it and that way i have to keep up with the modules and that puts, puts the pressure on me and I'll, I'll get it done that way i think i love it chris where can people go to find your practice what's the website one more time in case people listening are interested in following your journey so in terms of the online it's never too old to lift so it's never too old to lift.com and 
I mean, in terms of the physio practice, if you happen to be in the UK and live near Birmingham, it's Chris Tiley Physiotherapy. So not particularly a original name, but yeah, Chris Tiley Physiotherapy dot <laughs> That's all right. Hey, we got a worldwide audience, so you know I'd love to to hear a story of somebody just walking into the clinic. Hey, I heard you on Ask Pat. That'd be, that'd <laughs> yeah. be pretty cool. Chris, thank you so much for this. Thank you for opening up and, and sharing what's going on. I hope that this was helpful and I look forward to maybe we can reconnect in the future and see how things go from here. Yeah, that'd be great. Provide some accountability for getting the course done. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris. Again, you can find Chris at nevertooldtolift.com. Very interesting and very important conversation about the difference between what a person might want and what a target customer potentially could actually need. And using that want to bring people in as far as a lead magnet, as far as you know, solving their problems first, but then really helping them with their longevity with the thing that you know they need that is your specialty and opening up that conversation instead of, like Chris was talking about, just kind of getting shunned or going into these groups and not really being listened to at all. So I hope this was helpful for you. It definitely is something that is very important and I look forward to seeing how you use this information. And make sure you subscribe because we've got a lot of other great coaching calls coming up as well as some other fun things here on Ask Pat and look forward to serving you in the near future. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Thank you so much uh, already for the reviews that have been coming in for the show. I appreciate that very, very much. And Chris, thank you again for opening up and being vulnerable for us. It helps everybody out and I appreciate you for that. So take care. Thanks so much and I'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.